I'm Melody Asani. I'm Julie Burns Walker. Today, we welcome you back to the Butterfly Forecast. <laughs> We're both like, so, We're so happy to see you. I think, um, you know, when you are expecting someone for a while and you're just waiting for your schedules to come together, it's even sweeter the first time you really finally get together. Absolutely. So excited to talk with you guys. <laughs> uh, Allison, so what have you been up to? I mean, you just had a huge beautiful end to a long decorated career you ran your last race how many weeks like three weeks two weeks ago I think it's been like a month now almost Uh, yeah I know time flies (laughs) but yeah it's been um it's been pretty busy I closed out you know the athletic side of things which was pretty emotional and I think I'm still like I think I'm still feel like I don't think it's completely hit yet because it's kind of like the natural close of the season. And so I think once it comes um, time for like when I would traditionally go back to training, I think that's probably when it'll like feel, you know, very different. And I think also like I think I'll have to work through it because, you know, it's this thing that I love. I'm so passionate about and I've done for the last 20 years. And now, you know, it's not going to be in my life in the same way. And so I imagine that it's going to be challenging and that'll be a process. But um, I'm also super excited for, you know, the future. And I've stepped right into, you know, this role at at Sage at my company. And um, it's, I really look at it as like my next great challenge and for something that will really be fulfilling. That's really exciting. I'm fascinated by transitions in our life. And so with you transitioning from being a professional athlete as your sole focus, I feel like there's always something there that kind of guides you to the transition that makes it easier to process. And I was actually wondering on the opposite end of things, like when you first began, did you like have a first memory of running as like something that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm good at this. I I love this. Absolutely. I just stumbled into like into running. So it was never like this grand master plan or something that my parents had like laid out. I started in high school and I didn't know anyone. And so my dad and my brother encouraged me to go out for the track team. And I did. I found like the friends, but I also just fell in love with the sport and it just made me feel alive. And I've always been this like competitive person, but something about like knowing right away who's the fastest. And I think it was a sense of belonging as well. Like, I feel like I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. That's what I love. I love that you didn't plan on going there, but you were led there. And then when you got there, you recognized it. So incredible. How old were you? So I was like about 13. And I like grew up, you know, like playing sports and like being super active, but I'd never done it like in an organized fashion. So, you know, it's like street races or just, 
chasing after um, Wes, you know, my brother and whatever he was into. And that's, you know, that's kind of was my relationship with um, sports until that time. Wait, so did he get into it in an organized way after you or before you? So before, because he's two years older and he was at a different high school. And so he was already like running and doing really well. And so I was always known as like Wes's little sister. Like people didn't even like know my name. (laughs) They would just be like, oh, you know, you're Wes's little sister. And when we went to school together, he was playing basketball. And then I started playing basketball and it was the same thing. Like I didn't have a name and it was just, you know, I was known in that way. So it wasn't until like I found running that I felt like, I kind of like stepped into my own and people actually started to like remember my name instead of his name. <laughs> wow, that's so incredible. And then when you started running competitively at school, did that sort of become your new focal point? Like did life rearrange itself around that newfound talent? Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of like after I was introduced that introduced to it in my freshman year. At that point, I was playing basketball as well. And then that next year, I just decided like, this is my thing. And like, I really want to focus on it. And so um, stopped playing basketball, started like doing some more like year round training, you know, lifting weights, like doing all the extra things. Um, But I think more than anything, like I found the joy in it. And I think because I did find my friends there, like we had the best time. And Most of my memories are not like of the competitions, but they're like of the road trips and of like the things that we did, you know, here and there. And just those memories with um, with my girlfriends. That's that's so beautiful because it's your community. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. I think like when you find your people and whatever it is, it's like, you know, it is like almost this kind of relief. Like you can be yourself. You can be your authentic self. You can have fun. You can have that joy. And I think, you know, I started to experience that. Yeah. Mm. Well, also there's something like Julie always talks about how it's so powerful to like meet people with purpose. Mm. And it's like when you guys have a common purpose, it makes it, especially in high school, it makes it so much easier rather than, you know, in high school, trying to make friends is miserable. It's like, how do you, yeah. you know trying to find like what you guys have in common or what you like and usually it's super very superficial or difficult it's like based on popularity absolutely I also think when you uh, find your group then something else happens which is you discover other qualities in yourself that you bring to your focus or your talent in developing it. And you're equally proud of them when they develop something or like overcome a hurdle. I don't think anything else in high school allows you to find that. Like already you're developing your character. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, your, your sport. Absolutely. And and when you were talking about like just transitions and like, you know, that's a point of transition as well. I feel like I'm not like great with transitions. Like, you know, I'm not great with change or, you know, it just makes me uncomfortable. And I think when you do have like that circle of friends or your support system or whatever it looks like in your life, it just makes those difficult moments, those moments of transition possible. You know, it's, it it might still be hard, but it's like you have someone to go through it with. Well, something I was wondering about you, Allison, is when you were starting to discover how good you were, like how 
uh, capable you were of not just performing, but I think competition brings out a whole different flavor in us. I mean, I'm not competitive at all. I'd much rather the other person won if we could just have fun together. I think it takes a special gift. <laughs> I know I'm missing that gene. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was that way. Sometimes I wish I wasn't as competitive. It's like, it's not always, it's not always the best. Oh, I think it's a gift by itself. Like, I think it's a virtue of being able to see beyond what you're doing into excellence, personal excellence is an extraordinary thing. I think especially for us females, mm. you know, because I don't think anyone tells you and spurs you on to say, Allison, you're capable of going beyond what the records are. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole different thing. So here's my crazy curiosity. <laughs> when you were discovering this in you, your your capacity for running and competing and personal excellence. Did you also discover other qualities in yourself that allow you to sustain it? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think I learned a lot about myself. I think because I've been competitive since since a very young age, I think, you know, at different points of my life, it's presented itself in different ways. And I think, you know, when I became a professional and being competitive in that way, I did learn a lot about myself. And I guess there were things that allowed me to sustain. And I guess the biggest one is probably strength and like being resilient because, you know, you can be competitive, but you're not always going to be successful. And if when you get to that place, to me, it's been very difficult because when you have the disappointment or the failure or whatever it is, I found myself being really stuck in that. And like almost like this feeling of being paralyzed where it's like, I'm embarrassed. I, I'm not sure how to move forward. Um, you know, there's this thing that I've worked so hard for and I didn't get like, and what does that mean? You know, um, how do I move forward from that? So I think I eventually have learned, you know, how to deal with that. But early on, I felt more and like, I just was trying to find my way in all of it and understand, you know, what is my process forward, um, being this very competitive person, but missing, you know, missing my goal, you know, and, and figuring out what that meant. Oh, I love that. I, I feel like if we can figure that out, there's nothing that can ever stand in your way. Yeah. A lot of it's perception. Definitely. I think like for me, it was really like, the takeaway, like, what can I take away from this? And I, I was much older, like once I finally like understood that, but it was just like, you know, you have a failure, like what is the lesson in it? I, I believe that you go through every situation for a purpose, you know? And so I, I believe that that failure is to accomplish something, you know, and something later on, you know, developing that character, stretching yourself, you know, that is where you become. And so I think like those failures are necessary. I think they've made me better. Um, and so now, you know, I embrace it. And when I'm going through it, it's like, okay, well, what is the, what can I learn from this? How can I be better next time? And like, let me welcome this instead of running from it. Wow. Oh, so you started seeing the purpose in everything. Yeah. I felt like I kind of had a shift and it was like, okay, you know, obviously I want to be successful. Like I want to win all the races, but that wasn't my reality. So it was just like, how can I, yeah. How can I find my purpose in this? And, um, and how can I, you know, improve on it? 
And then when you do win, did those steps that got you there also help you process the win? Because I also think winning must present its own surreal uh, challenges. Like what happens when you win? Do you feel like, oh, I worked so hard to get here. Like this feels right. Or is it also an adjustment? It's so interesting because it's like you feel the failures like so deeply and so intensely, but you don't feel, at least in my experience, you don't feel the wins the same way. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh, okay, that was, that's a relief. You know, it's great, but it's like on to the next. And you, I, at least for me, like for the majority of time, like I don't take time to celebrate it. I, you know, I just kind of like, okay, well, I was expected to do that. So now let's keep going. But if it were a loss, it would be like, you know, devastating. And, you know, so I think that I have to get better with that for sure. Um, But also I had this experience where, you know, I worked really hard to win like an individual gold medal. And then it finally happened on my third Olympics. And when it did happen, it didn't feel how I had imagined it to feel. You know, I thought like, I was like, my life is going to change. Like, it's nothing's going to be the same. I'm going to win this medal. And like, and I went home and it was like, everything was the same. Like, you know, (laughs) like I didn't feel like what I had imagined. I think that's really just to, it's in the process. Like it's in the moments along the way. And like, instead of being so obsessed on like one singular goal, it's like, it's, it's beautiful. Like the struggle and everything in between is really, you know, that's the magic. Yeah. Well, it's also the mystery of you never know what's going to be big for you or not. You know, there's so many times where I'll do something or I'll make something and then I'll be like, this is going to be the big thing that hits or that makes it or that everybody's going to want. And it'll be the one thing that nobody wants. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting to me. So you've had that experience where like you've worked on something and like you thought it was going to be like, this is the, and like it's received that way. I'll wait, I'll work on it forever. It'll be the thing that I'll dedicate all my energy into and it won't do that well. And then I'll make something so stupid, you know, like the simplest thing that just sort of like pops into my head and I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then that'll be the thing that we can't keep in stock or that everybody wants or that, you know, like Beyonce will wear or something. And I'll be like, seriously, that thing? (laughs) Or it'll happen like five years after making it. So Mm. it's, it's interesting how anytime I feel like for me, anytime I've been result oriented or I've thought about the results ahead of time too much, or I've changed what I've done for the results, then it never works that way. But whenever I'm able to like stay present and be in the practice of whatever it is that I'm doing and then just try to do it to my best and kind of be detached from it once I let it go or put it out or it happens, I find that I, I'm way, way better with transitioning. That's really interesting because I mean even just because something like doesn't do well necessarily like, you know, in sales or something like that, like, does it, that doesn't mean it's any less beautiful or it's any, you know, it's yeah. To me, like it's, yeah. You're how you talk about results. Like that is so important. Like when you're so focused on that outcome, you know, it doesn't take away from 
the art that you've created. No, not at all. But I mean, it's interesting to think because like you, you know, with Seish right now, you're creating a product, you know, and it's a beautiful, incredible product. And I'm sure it's just part of the business to hit certain goals, you know, with how many people know about it, how many people wear it, how many people experience it. And from a creative side, it's like you put everything you have into that thing and you're like, you know, it's going to work, you know, you know, like you have the vision for it, but it's just waiting for everybody else in like ripples to mm-hmm. also see it and understand it. And you get, I'm sure you've experienced, like you'll have a wave where like some people will get it and then you'll be like, okay, this is great. And then it'll be another wave and another wave. And you're just like, how many waves <laughs> before, <laughs> before this hits like critical mass, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's such a different experience for me, you know, stepping into this side of things and, I think, you know, it's like we're creating something we believe is beautiful and we believe that, you know, women deserve and need. But at the same time, like it's so much more about the impact and like the mission behind it. And I think that that when you try to then also have to hit the sales marks and like all the other things, it makes it so hard because it's like, well, okay, I want to slow down and I just want to make sure, you know, this is something that I want to change people's lives. And so Oh, I mean, it's hard to measure that. So it is, it's a process and it is really hard, you know, (laughs) uh, being in a different space. That is so true. And also the beautiful threads that will always be a constant for you. I, I, I wonder if you feel this as well, is the fact that all that you've done, like the inner training, the inner work is actually what allows you to transition to Seish from, from what you're doing to what you are now creating. It's still just you. Yeah, for sure. And it's like a preparation that I didn't even know was happening. You know, I didn't know what was going to be the next thing. I didn't know, but exactly to what you're saying is like, I was working on me. And I was, you know, becoming who I, you know, and still becoming, you know, still working on things. But I do believe that, I don't know, just because you have, you're successful in some way in in one category, that it doesn't mean that that ends, you know, that you can't take that to something else. And I feel like that's what I'm learning now. Like, how do I bring my same mentality to this new passion and to this new place? And um, that really does excite me because I know, you know, I want this chapter to to be even better than the first chapter. Wow, that's incredible. I love, oh, one thing that Julie uh, um, reflected back to me one time because I was struggling with my business for a while and she was like, she was like, you know, you're not a rule, you're an entity. Mm. And I love that so much because I was like, oh yeah, what I do here, like in my company, because I was identifying myself, like this is my whole, this is who I am. Then when you step back and you're just like, no, this is just a role that I'm playing right now. So you Alison Felix, the track star is a beautiful role, but you're a whole entity and that's limitless. You know, like you can take everything that you brought to that role and take it to any other role. And I love that the freedom that that gives me in my head of like, oh, all these skills that I have can be implemented in so many different ways. Like if I'm not 
making these things, I'll be making other things or I'll be, you know. That's something I'm going to hold on to because I feel like, you know, like track has been my identity for so long. And so when that like changes, it's for me, it's been a little bit scary and just, you know, kind of going to something that's like unknown, but I love that. Like I'm, I'm going to keep that with me. <laughs> that's so good. And I, I was thinking about like how many transitions, if people really kind of took a real zoom lens on you, how many transitions you've already been through and now transitioning as a businesswoman, you were saying you really just want to change, you know, make things better in the world. Even the hard things you've been through, like the injustices and the inequality and uh, the things you faced are also opening you up to make things better for other people. And I wonder if you relate to that as well, because now Seish is like this beautiful umbrella, this dome where many things can happen under it. And, and because of who you are, you're uh, highlighting like women's health and, and, and how women are treated and how women athletes are treated and, and all the injustices. I, I wonder how you feel about that. I feel like it was, you know, such a hard path that I did go go down and it was such a difficult, you know, couple of years that were really dark and, and lonely and isolating. But I feel like they did lead me to absolutely where I'm supposed to be and to my purpose. And then, you know, seeing that come to life through Sage and um, seeing the people that I get to work with and how thoughtful we get to be and to bring new things, you know, into this world and new ideas. And it's been really incredible. And so I do see it that way. And I, I feel really grateful to have made it to the other side. I think a, a lot of times, you know, like fear blocks us. And I feel like during that whole time period, I was so scared and I had like all these emotions of, of having a difficult time moving forward. And then it was like, once I came forward and once I got on the other side, it was like, wow, that was so freeing. And now here's like a whole new beautiful things that I get to do and I get to work on. And so it's really brought me, I feel, into my purpose. Mm. How did you join with your brother again? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like this beautiful weaving back and forth in and out. And now here you are with your brother again. How did that happen? So we have a very just like unique, special bond relationship. He's the true big brother. He's always like taking care of me. And growing up, he used to like want to take my spankings and like defend me. Like, uh-huh. mom, like she didn't mean to do that. And, and I was just horrible. I was like <laughs> the, the just bad little sister. But um we have always just, you know, had this been really tight. And I think it was somewhere along the way of like middle school, we learned like, oh, we can be friends, like, you know. And then we started working together um, in, gosh, uh, in the capacity of, he has a sports management company. And so that was kind of our working relationship was that, you know, he was on my management team, he represented me. And um, that was really great. Like it allowed me, I feel like to be successful because I could focus on like what I was the expert in. Like I could train and, and trust that everything else, you know, was taken care of with, with my team. Um, and so it was kind of a natural progression because when I was going through, you know, just the whole ordeal, when I was starting a family and everything, he was like doing my ne- negotiations. And so he had just seen 
the hardship that I was going through. And, and I think he really kind of stepped out of that role as like manager and stepped into the to big brother and was just like really concerned for me as his little sister. And then that's when he, you know, brought the idea forward when I was, I was just really at a low point because, you know, I had walked away from my sponsor. I still wanted to compete in the Olympics. I wanted, I felt like I still had more to give, but I just felt so low because I was like, I'm tired of like going to these companies and like asking to be valued. And then that's when he was like, well, what if we did this ourselves? And I'm like, that sounds so big. It sounds so crazy. But the thing about Wes is he's such a dreamer and he like always has this like beautiful vision. And that's just not naturally, I think, where my mind goes. I'm I'm probably, you know, I'm just very, you know, realistic about things. I'm probably a little bit pessimistic and just, I don't know. It's just, I think we complement each other very well. And so when he had that beautiful vision and the more I like sat with it and really thought about it, it was like, no, why, why would I count myself out? Cause I, I think I came from the place of thinking I'm not capable how we grew up. We didn't see people doing this, but when he brought that to me and when I thought about it more, it was like, no, we, we are, and we can build this together. And it's been so much fun to be able to do it together, you know, as siblings. Oh, what a dream. Seriously, such a beautiful dream. And then how do you navigate or weave having a baby <laughs> into all of that? <laughs> what is, how do you usually do that? Push the pause button for a while or just incorporate or how, how did you? I had like a plan in my head <laughs> of what I thought it was going to look like. You know, I, I think I fell into that trap of comparison and I was like, well, you know, I've seen other women do this. I've, I looked at other athletes and I felt like, you know, they didn't miss a beat, you know, they, they're right back out there. And so I had this like kind of plan where I would give birth and I would take a couple of weeks off and then I would be right back. And that wasn't my experience. I, I went through a very traumatic birth experience and we spent time in the NICU with my daughter and it just it, running and anything else became the furthest thing on my mind. And so eventually months later, I came to a place where it was like, okay, I still have this desire. My daughter is home and healthy now. And I just started to kind of figure it out. But I think the biggest thing like in the whole, in my whole process that I hadn't done before was giving myself grace. I think I had been like just head down and I feel like, you know, this is something that a lot of people can probably relate to. Like you just do, you do the work. That's what we know how to do. And you work hard and you just keep moving forward. And I think becoming a mother, it shifted everything. It shifted my purpose. It shifted my motivation. Um, it made me just think about more. And then I, my support system was just incredible. You know, we went through probably the first year was just very rocky of just like figuring things out and just super challenging. And then I kind of found like our sweet spot. And, but I, I would just say like, it's, you know, it's the help, the support, my family, my husband, you know, just really stepping up. Wow. Was your husband running at the same time? No. So he, um, he was already, you know, retired from competition, but he was working. And so in like, I'm a planner and I had like this grand plan, right? So at the time we're living in Michigan and where my husband's working and I just thought I could do everything. And so he would 
come home from work and I would have been with the baby like all morning and till like the afternoon. Then we'd pass the baby off and I would go train. And I don't know who I thought I was, <laughs> but it got to a place where it was just, I, I was struggling and I just, I couldn't do it. And we, this was what we thought was going to be a year before the Olympics and before COVID and the whole ordeal. And we just decided like, okay, we're going to pick up, move back to California, my hometown. Um, and my husband, just incredible. Um, we made the decision that, you know, he would stay home with our daughter and he let me completely just go after my dream. And it's, I was super scared about it and just like unsure. Um, but it, it turned out to be like the most incredible thing for our family. And now seeing the bond that my daughter and and my husband share is the most beautiful and just, I, I don't know why I didn't let my mind go to that place. I don't know what fear I had, but it's been just the most incredible thing. Wow. That's a dream. And that's remarkable of him. Yeah, seriously. It's pretty great. <laughs> Trying to convince Flea to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was so far from, I think, what either of us uh, had in mind. But I guess then we were kind of like, well, what are we so afraid of? Like, we can always go back, you know? Like, this doesn't have to be permanent. Like, we can explore what works for our family. And yeah, so it's been pretty cool. Well, you're such a trailblazer yourself. I mean, you've done a lot of things and you've gone through a lot of things that I think weren't publicized and given due respect to, I think a lot of people have learned through you and everything that happened from your pregnancy on through how you managed it and also what you were like, how you were treated, how how you were, you've really had to break through so many barriers of things that I think we've been silent about. So that in itself is is rather remarkable. Do you have any female athlete icons that are your have been your inspiration of the, of any era? Probably the most um, significant in my life has been Jackie Joyner Kersey. I got into track late, so I didn't even when I met her. I was like learning the history. So I I almost learned from like going backwards, you know, just watching video and just seeing how incredible, you know, she was. And I've been coached by her husband for the last 20 years. So I met Jackie when, when I was a teenager and she just was incredible to me, like this phenomenal athlete. But what impressed me the most is like, she cared about me as a person. Like she poured into me at a time where I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I was brand new to the sport. I'm figuring out, you know, competing overseas and who I am as a young woman and, you know, all these different things. And for her to just really take that time with me and she made me feel special and just, you know, checking on me at all different points and the relationship relationship has evolved, you know, as I've become a woman and as, you know, life has changed. And at every single point, you know, she's been there and she's been a tremendous just support. And I feel like she's helped me professionally, but she's helped me just like be a better person. And, you know, there's inspiration all over the place. Serena has been a huge inspiration to me, a hero and a friend. And to me, especially like in the latter portion of my career, I just always thought about, you know, all that she's been through and being in a space 
where she's had to break all these barriers and she's always been her authentic self and unapologetically. And I've just always so admired that, you know, in her fighting spirit. And it's just, my daughter is um, a a little bit younger than uh, Serena's daughter. And so it was just seeing her through her pregnancy and just, you know, seeing her come back, it was just such an inspiration at the right time for me. And I, I, I held on to that. It's so beautiful. So, so huge. So it really is. It's like, all you need is just one, mm. one example. Yeah. To be like, Oh, it could be done. <laughs> Seeing yourself in someone, you know, it's like, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Even, you know, I'm not an athlete. My dad was, but I remember as a child, Always don't ask me why, because I'm not a runner, but like Wilma Rudolph, the fact that she was so alone, the fact that she broke mm-hmm. a lot of barriers, racial barriers, female barriers, uh, you know, and so much of what she did was unprecedented. I just thought about what is it like to be like an island <laughs> in, in your progress, in your success? And so, you know, it's not just about being an athlete. It's about what, what's behind it. Oh, absolutely. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. You know, just getting to know you, I'm like, oh, she's kind of like me, where you aren't like a personality per se, you know, like you're, you know, and I feel that way. Like, I'm like, oh, well, I, I have a lot to give, but I'm not the kind that like, you know, there's some people that are just built a personality. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. but you still found your voice and you used it so powerfully. And I'm sure it was not easy at the beginning, but then seeing all the support that was created around you once you did start using it is also such a beautiful example and confirmation of just being authentic and speaking your truth and knowing that if you do, you will find your people or it will come to you. the people that need to hear you will. And I just love that process of seeing, especially women get empowered through using their voice in a, in a correct way, especially when you're not like, you're not trying to even, you just have that you went through that you need to share, you need to speak out about. Yeah. And I, I like really struggled with that, like not being like a personality, like for so long, like when you speak about that, I think when I was younger, I, I just felt like, well, I'm never going to reach the top because like, I don't have that extra, you know, whatever it is, like, that's not naturally like who I am. Like, I'm just more quiet and laid back. And so it just seemed like my success on the track was never going to be enough, you know, to, to reach whatever that crossover is. Um, And so when I came to the place of, you know, feeling like I did want to use my voice, even though I was terrified, I think it was a little bit more scary because I hadn't really put myself out there. I'm just like a very private person and have always been pretty guarded. And so to think about like sharing something and being so vulnerable, like definitely wasn't something that like came easy. And so it is like, you know, I think it's, it's finding um, that little bit of courage that you need. And I think once you're connected to like that purpose, I think that's really what did it to did it for me because it was like, I have to do this. Like, I believe in this. And even though it's really scary, like I'm looking at my daughter and I'm thinking about the world that she's going to grow up in. 
And so I have to do this. And I think when you have that pull of I have to do this, then you just find you find a way. And maybe that's the new model as well. Substance versus being a personality. Yes. Because there's so much need. And so we need authenticity modeled, not a persona, not learning how to, you know, we were just, since you were talking yesterday about uh, singing and like Mm -hmm. in church, and I really feel this way, uh, performance sometimes stunts us from sharing. Yeah. And there's such a big difference between an offering from who you are and what you're, what you are versus like, oh, I have to have this package before I do this thing. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that's so powerful. And I guess I hadn't really thought about that that much, but it's so so true. And then when you say substance, you know, like, I think we also also have to have the appreciation for it, the substance and not just the personality, you know, we have to be able to make that a success as well, like honor that and and bring that to the forefront. Yeah. I hope that's your daughter's generation. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that, I don't know, I like, I'm seeing people shift and be more thoughtful and, and I don't know, even when I look at the, the next generation of athletes coming up, like it's, it's a different experience already, you know, that the, the light on mental health, like I just think, that, you know, doing things in a different way. And I think it's slowly going to come forward, but I hope that also that, that spills out into just the world in general. I agree. Yeah. I feel like there's more of a fearlessness about, especially women, what women are willing to put up with or not, or, and, and then talk about it. Like, why I'm not going to do that. Like when Naomi Osaka refused to do press or losing, you know, it's like, why would you put me in that position? Mm, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so I, I love that even things like that are just like small, but big shifts because I think my generation or our generation is so just sort of like obedient in a weird way um, to the norm. It's like, nobody's even thought to question it. So who are you questioning? Yeah. I mean, I, I relate to that so much. It's like, Yeah, I I think about even Simone Biles at the Olympics. And I think what she demonstrated is going to have so much impact, like so much more, even if she had won five gold medals, like we're going to continue to feel that impact. And I, I, I don't know, I just reflected a lot on that because I, I think like you're saying, like in my peak, you know, time, that would have been something that was unthought of, you know, because you have one opportunity and it's like this mentality that you have to do whatever you can, even if it's not healthy for you to, you know, to figure out a way. And I love that a shift is happening. I love that these young women are challenging the systems, are doing things differently. Um, And I think that the next generation after them, they're going to be the ones to really, truly benefit. Yeah. Julie keeps saying, don't trust fear. Don't trust fear. <laughs> How do you say it? If something comes to you from fear, don't believe it. Yeah. It's never correct. You know, if you're having, if you're making decisions based on fear, you can never really trust that. Yeah. I need to repeat that to myself. That's a good. I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I notice. It's like a little, like this new wave of fearlessness where, they don't feel that same scarcity yeah. that 
we did where this is my only chance. Yeah, that's how we felt. Like we, I, you know, it was like there could only be one, you know, it's, and I'm feeling that, you know, towards the latter part of my career, it was a, definitely a shift in a sense more of like a sisterhood. And it was, you know, I want to help the person beside me because a win for her is also a win for me, you know, like, and just really, you know, changing that versus like when I came into the sport where it was like, I felt so alone. Like I'm competing against women who are so much older than me. Like no one is being like, there's not a sense of like welcoming here. It was more like, you know, you don't belong, you know, what are you doing? So I love that it has, it's, I, I see it changing. Now, if we could just permeate that into the rest of society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got to get there. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Allison, it's been so lovely to hang out with you. I can't believe an hour has already gone by. <laughs> I love talking to you guys. Are so I love Julie, all that you have shared. Um, I'm just, I'm definitely going to be holding on to so many things that you guys have said for sure. And I, you, Allison, I'm, I'm really renewed in my inspiration and I um, wish you and Sage and just great success from the inside, but also from the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us. Well, I love, I've loved talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.